0: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burroughs, and guests. Welcome to the NZ Tech Podcast. This is episode number sixty-two. In the studio tonight, we have myself, Paul Spain.
1: You got Bradley Burroughs and Skip Parker. we
2: were all I- looking blindly at each other then. We heard to go first, weren't we?
0: Yeah. Well, we we got there in the end though, right? Welcome back. We usually do, thank you.
2: How was it, Samoa Boy?
0: Oh man. Awesome weather
2: over there. How's the technology detox? <laughs> we were hearing Twitter updates from friends of yours that apparently you got the shakes. Oh, rubbish.
1: No, I actually
0: wasn't in touch with anyone. So anything that you did hear um, would be completely false because I was actually completely offline. Must have been your fake Twitter account or something that yeah. was talking about. that. Yeah, uh, fake
2: sports pain.
1: That's right. Um, and of course, there was one unfortunate disaster that was happening over there. And as soon as I saw the news that there was a flash flood that had hit a Kiwi, I went, no, oh no. surely not. But thankfully, it wasn't you. No, I made it made it back. Um, yeah. I was going to try and suggest that maybe you pick countries with less natural disasters,
0: but it's just getting harder and harder these days. So, yeah, it's good to have you back. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, it was um, It was good to be away, but it's great to be back. Now... We have so many topics to cover off tonight, uh, Brad. One one thing you came across quite interesting is these uh, robots that the U.S. Uh, Navy are building.
2: Yeah. So I, I while you're away, I've obviously been keeping an eye out for things that I know. I think oh, Paula love this. So and I know your fascination with robots, and I, and these are really really cool. So the the research centre at the naval um, facility in America are building, I suppose um the iRobot styled characters. And they've got some screenshots. If you want to go do, do, a, do a big or Google search on the L LAS, A, L-A, uh, LASR and just search robots and you'll get some pictures of what they look like. But it's, they're quite freaky, aren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the uh, the horror movies and so on of, of old about what, um, what scary things uh, robots and androids might do in the future, um, you yeah, we should, know, we should take heed. There's some scary, scary stuff coming our way.
2: So, they're, they're developing a firefighting robot, is one of the ones that they're first going to take on.
1: Sorry, a firefighting robot that looks like a human? Yeah, well, it's got the sort of facially
2: things. It's going to look pretty
0: Quite. freaked out once it melts in the fire, and you can just imagine <laughs> I'm just... bits dripping off it. And I mean, we're gonna, there's, a, there's some great sort of you know horror action coming. I, I do have an idea about a firefighting robot. You could take a hose which squirts water and put
1: wheels on it and drive it to the fire. I mean, it doesn't have to be a human that does it, does it? Isn't that
2: called a fire truck?
1: Well, that's right. It's just a robotic fire truck. I mean, it's kind of weird that we try and humanise
0: things these days. Well, I think by humanising it, you can make it do all sorts of things as well as scaring people witless. (laughs) That's right. I mean, there's got to be a benefit of that. That's right. I just don't want to know what robotic projects are up to in your house at the moment. (laughs) Well, yeah... Take a look at my robotics website. and um, Anyway, where were we? Um, Back back on on track with uh, topics. Now, there's a big drama that sort of hit while I was away, actually, um, around the remote desktop capability that is built into Windows. And there's been a bit of a um, serious security um, um, issue there. Skip,
1: why don't you tell us more? Okay, so we all know about Patch Tuesdays. Microsoft releases a whole series of patches that go into your machine. These are normally done in reasonably um, controlled situations, but this week it kind of got a little bit crazy because what happened is that they patched a problem with uh, Windows machines. I think it went from definitely hit XP, definitely was a problem with the 7 and 2003 2008 servers. It was quite, it was basically all of the remote desktop side of things. Um, and the problem ranged from it's, uh, an attacker being able to crash your machine and an attacker being able to run compromised code on your machine using the RDP ports. Now, when you think about it, a lot of people actually build their servers on, you know, put build servers on the net, and one of the easiest ways is to open up RDP so you can connect to it across the net to do things. You could serve up an application. You might just use it as an administration port. So it's nothing out of the ordinary for this to happen. What happened though is that somewhere along the line the, uh, the code that allows people to break into this um, or the exploit that allows people to uh, exploit this problem became publicly available. And so immediately everyone got on the back foot because it meant that any script kiddie with um, half a brain could go and jump on a box, download the code and then break your servers, hack into your servers, that sort of thing. Wasn't good. The worst part was the code, exploit code, actually had an internal Microsoft number attached to it, which meant that somewhere along the line, the code actually was uh, leaked out of Microsoft Security Labs themselves. Now, step back a bit. What Microsoft do is when they have an exploit like this, they actually go and send out a copy of the um, notification that there's this problem to um, all of the antivirus vendors. So I think there's about 70 or 80 that's on this particular list. And then the antivirus vendors um, will do something about it, Right there vulnerability into their scripts so they can detect it. Um, sometimes they actually include the exploit code itself. So somewhere along the lines, they send that out to those 80 different companies, and someone in those companies released that into the wild. So I understand that Microsoft are a little upset about that at the moment because it's kind of a breach of, I guess, very high-level security. And um, It's a breach of trust, isn't it, with those organisations? There's, there's something wrong when that happens. It's a huge breach of trust. So what happened on Uh, was Saturday morning our time, Uh, internet alert levels across the globe went up because potentially uh, this could have had huge ramifications. Think about the SQL slammer virus that came around the globe. I mean, that crippled networks for quite a while. So they could see the same thing happening. So they increased their alert for 24 hours. It certainly encouraged me to get out of bed and patch things uh, a lot quicker than I normally would do. Um, But yeah, it's just really concerning. I guess um, Microsoft uh, couldn't, can't trust absolutely everyone that's on their list, I guess. so, Bit of a concern. But definitely patch. Patch, patch, patch. Patch, Eddie, patch, patch, patch.
2: Is there anything in the wild at the moment? Uh, the code is in the wild, yep. But are there any vulnerable, uh, exploits in the wild?
0: I haven't seen... We haven't been, heard of anything have we actually no, happening, that's, but you don't know. Something could oh, be going yeah. on without the, anyone really The uptake
1: on. hasn't been too huge. I mean, it hasn't been an overnight All we've just been flooded with traffic. I don't think there's been a huge increase. A lot of people... Uh, pull all their firewall reports together so they can see the increases in traffic around the globe on different things there hasn't really been a huge increase in stuff I think the thing is that everyone's patching quite quickly so it hasn't been as big an issue that it could have been because everyone has been patching Um, yeah I mean it's certainly something to be aware of patch Tuesdays is certainly not to be uh, to snub your nose at especially if you've got boxes that are talking to the internet or definitely exposed on the internet in any way so
0: all right. So, yeah, I guess it's it's a good reminder to everyone to keep uh to to keep systems patched and updated and um, you know, keep your security locked down. Now, Roku, who um, you know, we've talked about their um their Roku the Roku boxes that are great for uh, streaming Netflix and all sorts of video content. Uh not publicly available here in in New Zealand too easy. Uh well, not too easy to get hold of locally, but uh well worth importing from the US. Now there's been um, a bit of a software update come through for um for our Roku users. Yes, now
2: one correction there. I've had so many people come up and tell me that they've bought Rokus after listening to the show. I know, but where are they getting them? I have no idea, but I'm just there are quite a lot of people out in the industry now that have Rokus. That it's phenomenal now. And I just can't believe it. So this is why when I was looking I saw the update come through and I was like oh this is i thought i'd sort of do a public announcement but um roku patch uh, update 4.3 is coming through now um probably the two key things is netflix streaming is even smoother than it already is and it's pretty smooth at the moment and a lot of the ui um i suppose fluidness if 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 you like has been tweaked and tuned as well so when you're selecting your channels it's all been sort of really really nice optimized
1: is this for all Rokus or just the ne- the latest generation of Roku's? Roku two right there you go okay I just wanted to check that
2: yep, so um, then the other couple of minor updates were if you're having struggling with slow broadband connections aka the whole of New Zealand um, voice and video syncing has pretty much been tweaked as well so when it's um, one of the cool things Roku does is that if your internet connection bandwidth fluctuates up and down. It actually moves the video quality, so you'll get a bit grainier picture when the bandwidth's bad, and it makes sure that the voice is in sync too, which used to be a bit of a problem. When the internet's great, then you don't have any issues this like is that. This is
0: specific to Netflix, isn't it? Because each yep. streaming service Correct. has its own uh, has its own functions in in those regards. Yes. Now Nokia, uh, in the last uh, week or so, launched their um, their Windows phones, their uh, Lumia series in uh, in New Zealand. Bravo. So they're very nice we've been uh, playing around. Thank you uh, Nokia for uh, tossing one of those in in our direction and of course uh, there's one that we uh, brought in from the US that Brad's been uh, running on for the past couple of months but it's nice to see the actual uh, New Zealand edition which comes bundled with a little bit of New Zealand specific software so we got the, um, I'm looking at the the one here from uh, Telecom there's a Telecom uh, version of it so it comes with your Telecom app it's got All Blacks app, um, yellow, and um, the Yahoo Extra uh, T World thingy um, app on it as well. So nice to see that uh, that landed. What now, Skip? You've been playing around with this for a few days with the New Zealand specific one. What what have been the highlights for you? I think last week you were mentioning uh, about the Nokia Drive. Yeah, I mean, I, I I still
1: maintain that Nokia Drive is one of the best navigation apps I've seen. Um, on any platform, really. And it is just, it's slick. The display is cool. Um, You know what, the thing that I'm enjoying about this Windows Phone Experience stuff is that it isn't too much different from my uh, Samsung Focus in terms of functionality. Um, What Nokia do bring to it is it's a much nicer screen, and a much nicer, well, I mean, that's probably a bit of a a judgment call. I think the screen's nicer. It's got the 8-megapixel camera, and it does tend to run a little bit faster, I guess, on things. It does sort of perform, um, but it's a Nokia. I mean, you can drop this thing like Paul did before, um, and you wouldn't notice
0: because it's... No, there are no scratches on it after I threw it really hard at the ground.
1: Now, Um, interestingly enough, about the scratch thing, and I saw this at the Nokia launch, if you take that thing and rub it into the concrete to take off the black coating on it, It's black coating all the way through. So, if you buy a Nokia with the color, the color is impregnated all the way through the body. So, you don't get any discoloration from scratching and stuff like that. So, the manufacturer on this thing is actually well thought out. Now, knowing Paul, you should probably have a Nokia because you'll probably end up scratching and dropping and all that sort
0: of stuff. And I'm just kidding with you. The the only, I mean, this is, it's a beautiful phone. It's got a similar size screen to uh, the iPhone.
2: And the N9, the N9, from, and and yep.
0: exactly the same, yeah, virtually the same as the as the Nokia uh, N9. Um, I've got used to a bigger screen, so that's yep. that's the only reason I'm not uh, using this. When the when one comes out with a bigger screen, which it no doubt will do later on in the year, um, I'll probably go for that. But only because I've got used to the bigger screen. If I'd never used a bigger screen, I would uh, I would have jumped on board and, and made this my um, my primary phone.
1: Now, I did give this to an exec member of the company I work for for a little while to play with as well, just to sort of get his handle on it. Because, you know, the problem with buying phones is you've got to give it to... Uh, your your biggest challenge is going to give a phone to an exec member in the in the company to see if how well it's going to run. And he, he thought it was quite good. Um, he found that the battery life was uh, nothing too different than standard cell phone, uh, smartphones these days. So it'll get you a full day, but definitely he's going to the charge. And I think really that's just the nature of what we're playing with these days you know we've, we're playing with really large screens uh constant data the the windows phone 7 does use a bit of data lifetime, tile that sort of stuff um i mean it's the price we pay and you know for a for a device that's giving you a stack load of information and functionality i think it's not bad that we can still get a good full business day out of it before we have to charge it so yeah i um Seriously, if I had the cash, I'd go out and get an 800 now.
2: Yeah, look, this passed the WF test, and so it's, in my eyes, it's a certified phone now.
0: Yeah, it's a great phone. It is a
1: great, great phone.
0: Excellent. Good, good. Well, there you go. For anyone who is uh, in the market for a smartphone, that's well worth a look. Now, Apple... What's going on with Apple at the moment guys? What can we what do you think we should be expecting next? We've got the the new iPad 3 and we've been uh having a, a play around with this in the in the studio tonight. Uh um courtesy of our good for friends at um iPhone uh, NZ.
2: Yep. Thank you guys for letting us um, you guys got it really really quickly dropped it off last night
1: actually. Yep, he did. And I've been treating it like it was my first born child. Um it is it is a nice I, okay. You know, I'm a bit of a skeptic about the old iPad, but when I fired this thing up and saw the Retina display and it's all its glory, I thought, "That's
2: nice. It's a that nice display, really nice." But I still can't justify the
1: cost. I don't know. I reckon for me, it's it's enough to justify the cost. It's a big call. Cool. I know it's a big call, cool. and you know me, I'm a real skeptic about this thing. But I think they have done. Apple has done
0: enough to actually justify an upgrade path on this one. I think what we what we're moving into now is sort of a cycle, like we see with laptops and other things, where there there just will be a regular a regular update from Apple, whether it's you know every year, and in, in the case of a lot of their products, um, the the question I think comes down to whether your existing, in a lot of cases, is your existing device doing what you need it to do, or do you need the do you want the latest and greatest thing? And there's, there's two, I guess, different scenarios there. And if you look at the iPhone, for instance, there's still a lot of people around using iPhone 3s and 3Gs, um, or, yeah, iPhone 3G and 3GS, um, and are quite happy with with those in the meantime. But when they break down, they'll get whatever the the latest greatest one is. And then there's a segment of the market that will always want to be on the on the very latest model. Um, so I think there's always going to be a slice of the market that that goes in either direction. But it is a it's a change from when we when we bought PCs and laptops and and standard Macs, where you'd wait for it to be you know three years old before you would roll it over for a new machine. With these types of devices, there are plenty of people that whenever the new one comes out they'll buy it regardless of whether your existing one does the job or not. Okay, one killer feature, that I and I'm going to say the word killer
1: feature on this device, is the dictation feature. And I played around with this this morning. I unfortunately can't show it to you at the moment because we don't have Wi-Fi coverage in here. So it does use cloud services to do this. But you can push the button, you can talk to the device with no training whatsoever, and it was 99.98% accurate. In its dictation, it even, it even
2: got Nick minute. <laughs> I don't think anything's going to get <laughs> Nick minute.
1: But in terms of just that's a pretty high level it, of accuracy. That's one word wrong in about ten thousand. You it, sure? Uh, no, it was it was really good. I mean, okay, I didn't spend cent- hours <laughs> talking ten thousand words, but it, I just didn't really find much I could fault with it. So there was one person's name it got wrong, which was Kathy. I got a South African lady to talk into it and try it, and she absolutely meant until she got the name Kathy, and it translated as Kat, um, Katie. Um, but I, I I really was surprised. It's like, okay, dictation, this should be fun. Picture this isn't going to work. Oh, it actually works. Okay, try harder words. No, that actually really works. But what
2: are you going to dictate on a consumption-based device? It would be different if it was Siri. Now, Siri would be, for me, the feature that I would actually buy an iPad 3 for.
1: But I was just simply are thinking, so if I was what? doing a meeting. But it doesn't do, sorry. It doesn't no, do. No, it doesn't do, sorry. But if I'm in a meeting and I'm taking notes in that meeting of And you're going to be talking to it. So, hold on. We're, let's, we're in the meeting now,
2: right? So, Paul and I, we're the CEOs. So, uh, we're doing this. and uh, So, you don't have to talk to your iPad. Keep talking at the same
1: time. No, no. You talk to the iPad. But I don't want that recorded. <laughs> That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like if you, well, I mean, different if, circumstances, of course, is going, to be, is going to dictate whether you use the feature or not. But generally, if you're in a meeting or doing something discussing and you want to make notes of stuff that you
0: said, or it's, it does it on the fly. So I, yeah. you but know, what? this I'm technology has been around for a long time? Though. Haven't, you know, Androids have had, had it. Laptops yeah. even have had um, you know, dictation-type capabilities for a long time. Is this streets ahead of what we've seen before? I think until, um, would it be fair to say uh, the Kinect?
1: I haven't been impressed with voice dictation services on devices. I mean, you've got to train them, you've got to do all sorts of stuff to them. And they've gradually improved. But to see it on a consumer device um, with a single push button and it just work without any problems, I think that's cool. Um, and I don't think we've actually seen that level of accuracy since for a while. I mean, We've seen it in the Kinect, I think, um, with Siri and with... Um, the Microsoft, I don't know if you can, can you call it Tell Me? I think, yes, it's called Tell Me now. Yeah,
2: no, what's I don't know I mean,
1: that, that's, that's the product where they're trying to march towards, I guess. But you're seeing it arrive in a lot of products like the Windows Phone and iPhone and that sort of stuff. But to see it actually working out-of-the-box, consumer, untrained, I did have to go and switch it on I had to go and seek the settings to switch it on which was just an on and off switch
2: and you need an internet connection right? and you
1: do need internet connection
0: but yeah. I mean a lot of stuff these days are doing that now so, No, no, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's the way of the future no it's good and you know the more we see these things advancing on multiple platforms the more competition yeah. there is so it, it works out better for everyone I think at the end of the day the news is that Skip decided that the iPad
1: well, we can't call the iPad 3 but this generation of iPad isn't as pants as I thought it would be it's actually probably worth a look
0: Okay, good, good. Well, and I mean, certainly nice. The screen is really, you know, for me, that's the noticeable uh, difference. The rear camera, yep, that's definitely, you know, a, a leap uh, forward being the same as what's in the iPhone 4. Um, but, you know, in and of itself, most people aren't using the camera in their iPad anyway, so I don't see that as a big thing. It's, it's all about the screen for me.
1: Well, I mean, if you are using iPad for cameras, you're all about looks, not photo taking, aren't you? Because... You kind of look a bit weird trying to take a photo with a phone book. <laughs>
0: uh, yes. All right, so back to the question, what, what's Apple going to do next then? You know, we've had um, you know, new iPhone going back uh, a few months now, new iPad. We're likely to continue seeing uh, regular other new devices. We've just had the Apple TV update, which brings the um, full full HD uh, movies, which brings it in line with the... Uh, xbox and its own video service and so on um what do you think apple have got up their up their sleeves
2: so if they're doing the tv i think they're about two years too late because people are getting out of the tv market skip and i were joking around around the icar and we laughed about this but if you think about it for a second think about surrey think about having it in a car like a beamer or a mercedes or something high-end where you could put that type of system with a touchscreen interface on the on the actual uh, middle console, and that's your sat-nav using the whole thing in series there. Because Ford Sync's pretty good. It's not a stupid idea, because there's not really anywhere else for them to go.
0: Okay. what about an Apple car? A whole car that's Apple? Because Apple like to develop yeah. everything from start to finish, right? They don't like to have a piece in somebody else's pie. They They want to have... The whole pie and 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 the, and the pie shop um, and make the pastry themselves and uh, and the ketchup to go on top right what do you think? Uh, I'm. have got. Naughty Sorry, I've just th- finished <laughs> reading um, the the Steve Jobs book while I while I was away. I read that on my Kindle. <laughs> so, I look. I I don't know if they'll. I'm not
1: sure if they'll do an iCar, but I just had pictures because you you get an iDevice and they always come out with revolutionary new products and that sort of stuff. But there's always an admission of some form of technology, like you know when the iPhone came out. I don't think it supported Bluetooth like everyone else was. There was it didn't you know, support apps even when the iPhone yeah, came so out. Yeah, so there's right. just these little things that they do, which you know everyone's used to it. They they will develop something, they'll leave something up, but you know it'll be in the next version. So I'm just thinking of the iCar, you know, what's going to happen with that? You know, hey, here's this revolution new product. It doesn't have tyres,
0: but it does some really cool stuff. So,
1: you know, just well, the naughty
0: flies, I wouldn't mind if it didn't have <laughs> tyres. I'll be lining up for, uh, at least for the demo. I reckon they're going to lay off on the
1: new hardware platform side of things, My personally. I think they have got a great, they've got a great product line, which has huge audience participation, uh, people buy Apple products, I think they'll continue just to refresh those products now and again with updates. I reckon the big drive for them now is to update the operation of these platforms, the, op- uh, the software. So we'll look at the next generation of the OS X type platform, maybe it's OS 11 or whatever, and we actually, I reckon we'll start seeing convergence of across all the platforms. So the one app developed for the MacBook will work on all the devices. I reckon we'll see a drive towards that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start doing acquisitions. They'll acquire augmented reality companies, social networking type tools, and just embed that stuff into the into the platform deeply. Deep integration of that stuff into the platform. That's my pick anyway. I think,
2: I think in all, all seriousness now, removing the iCar statement, I, I can see them investing some time in the software space. Really, really heavily. They've got to get their macOS OS Whatever they're going to do with it moving forward, um, the 10, let's just call it the 10 series. So, you know, they're up to 10.6, I think it is, if I've got my memory right. So, seven. Uh, seven, sorry. Um, I can see them designing an 11 range of something. Yep. Whatever it's going to be, they're going to have an 11 version. Now, it might be a cloud based service, too. it could be something else, but they're going to have to start thinking about it. They've got the hardware aspect, beautiful. They've got to get the software, they've got to update the iOS, they've got to update macOS, they've got to do something around that space at the moment
1: maybe I wouldn't put it past them taking the iPad and turning it into a device that can actually be part of your desktop environment like the dockable Samsung tablets that we've Mm. seen maybe they may look at doing something like that I was talking to a guy today about the future my son will have when he gets into intermediate school and secondary school and that sort of stuff and I reckon for him he'll have the one device that will just integrate with everything around him we'll see that sort of level of well, maybe not sharing about its product brands, but you know that sort of level of interaction with the devices. He'll take his device home; it'll work on the TV, it'll work on his sort of radio music type stuff. So, I I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe maybe Apple will actually look at doing that with your iPads and start turning it into a bit of a more mainstream type keyboardy type experience, interactive experience. They way I don't know.
0: Okay, here's here's one I'd like to throw out there. So, Apple is as the you know most successful company in the world right now. They're making you know megabucks off. Um the iPhone and the iPad in particular, um, good money on every computer they sell a lot more um, a lot more profit per um, product that they sell when compared with the likes of Microsoft and Google. So you know when they they sell an iPhone because they've they own every component, it's not like let's say well Google who give away their operating system for free. And then make some money up on this you know make some money on the search along the way, whether that's ten bucks or you know fifty dollars I don't know uh Microsoft, who when they sell um you know presumably their their upcoming some of their their lower end tablets and also Windows Phone today, where they maybe make fifteen twenty dollars in terms of licensing fee this is the big difference there, so this is something i nev never thought I'd say, but maybe it's possible that Microsoft will um as hardware commoditizes more, they will change their game and um, and follow Apple's route and release their own hardware as well as software devices. Is that their way to um, to really compete with Apple from an earnings perspective? And would Google do the same? Google's already had to play around with that, with um, you know, with um, their Google Nexus phone. I reckon the last person in that space will
1: be, won't, won't move out of it, if you get what I'm saying. I reckon if Microsoft go the same way as Apple and then pick a vendor to go with, let's just say because they haven't got the manufacturing system in place at the moment, um, then Google will just pick up all the other vendors that have been locked out of that relationship and go with it. Or, reckon, or
0: vice versa, if Google did that, and Microsoft didn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think my, I think Apple are in a space they can maintain quite happily because they've marketed it
0: and got it working so well. I don't know
1: if anyone else can join them in that same space. To be honest,
0: they, I mean, they're very successful at what they do, and, and what they do is. Is unique, isn't it? But but in saying that,
1: Microsoft have said in the past that they, um, you know, some of the reasons why they are a bit have taken a lot longer to get a tablet type device to the market space as they were unhappy with the hardware they
0: started off with. Was it Courier or something like that? Was it the Curry device? And so, you know, that whole that well, whole that, space, that one was sort of a complete different play to what they were doing with Windows 8 and they were, they were looking at both and, yeah. and decided to run with Windows 8 instead. So they, they sort of went, sort of, having too much success there, but, you know,
1: I think Microsoft's multi-vendor approach is going to work out a lot better for them because then they just create good software for beautiful hardware, as it were
2: I can't find i I read this earlier on today, but um in your statement about the hard about the hardware um someone's pulled apart an iPad Gen three let's just call it that for the argument's sake right now, and looked at the parts and everything and worked out the cost, and apparently they're making hardly anything on it. Absolutely well, but remember that anymore.
0: Apple buy in big quantities, and they'll also be selling the same hardware at the same price eleven and a half months time. So, and over a twelve month period, yep. the price of those things come down. But also because Apple sold what they've sold three million already in the last uh, week, um, they sell so many of these things that they managed to negotiate prices. That are generally much lower than what anyone else can can buy it. This was like
2: Bloomberg, or so it was. It was like some some brainy bods that actually calculated, and they actually had a number that Apple would need to hit to start actually making some decent money. And the number was like really high on this one. So it's 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 interesting, interesting. isn't it? Because
0: Apple usually make pretty decent money on their gear. So. Um, I the, I guess the retina makes screens. A, a, the retina
2: screens were really pushing and they had to put so the battery in there, sorry, Paul, but the battery in there's like twice as big. It's almost the same size as a laptop battery. They've gone to Samsung-based hard drives from Toshiba and they're a lot more expensive to get the speed that they want with the new um, CPU. Oh, the you batteries. the, the uh, SD? The, yeah. Yep. And the screens are obviously more expensive. So it's a new... new. I think maybe the Gen 4 might be the one where you're back into their high, healthy margins. Mm. But this one might be a little bit more... They might not be making as much of it. They're going to sell gazillions of them. But the price the price point is not making as, as much. Fascinating. I, was just, I just read about this today and it's really bugging me. I can't find the damn website.
0: Mm. All right, uh, now, next up, the chaps at Anonymous have apparently uh, their own uh, custom version of uh, of Linux. Brad, you've been having a little bit of a look into uh, into this one?
2: Yes, I don't think I'd touch it with a 10-foot barge pole. No offense, Anonymous, please don't take it on our website. Um, <laughs> I just don't trust it. Sorry.
0: So this is an operating system delivered... Potentially from uh, from the hacking community. Yeah,
2: so the hackers have created a hacking OS which allows them pre-configured to do, let's just say, some interesting things. Yeah, on the internet is that a fair way of doing? It? I'm trying not to get at my I'm trying not to get on so, Anonymous' radar here.
0: So how do you how do you know that this OS isn't actually going to um, leave you vulnerable?
2: You don't my eyes, but skip, you know a little bit more about this group than I do. <laughs>
1: no one knows much about this group yeah. at all,
2: but I mean, would you install i I would install it in a uh honeypot environment uh honeypot environment, sorry, um where I knew that it couldn't touch anything on my network
1: if you were going to put it in the corporate environment, you need to quit your job now and go and become a market gardener oh yeah, i mean it's this is just. Yes, it's like playing with fire, but it could be interesting to have a look at. And I think for a lot of system and analysis guys, um, security analysis guys, they'd be keen to have a look at what what is the software they're using. Ah, uh, so I mean, I mean, that's the question: what is the software they're using? What are the tools they use? Um, they did release other software before, which was uh, I think they called it Low Orbit Cannon, which was a denial of service tool you could load on your machine and participate in anonymous attacks. Um, Look, I think if you want to play around with security tools, you want to have a look at a distribution called Backtrack. It's a um, it's a well put together distribution, Linux distribution, which you can boot up off your CD or install on your hard drive. It is uh, a raft of a, a huge raft of security tools, which are good, legit security tools and not malware. Fault say. So. It's Ubuntu.
2: It's based on Ubuntu, isn't
0: it?
1: Oh, that's yep. cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you, I. Yeah. Do you trust the, the hacker group? I mean potentially you could end up finding some really useful tools in it. I'd tread very, very carefully, really.
0: All right. Fair 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 comment there, Skip. Now um Office fifteen, there's been some um some a few more leaked screenshots. They every every few weeks we're seeing uh, a few more little bits and pieces on Office fifteen. My take on it is it's still really too early to get a handle on um yeah on exactly what this is gonna look like you know the screenshots don't really give away you know a huge amount in terms of changes and so on and um yeah I guess we're not expecting this to be a wholesale mega changes a release but uh the most interesting thing is that hint at a touch mode that will um maybe provide a different um a different experience for uh you know for those that are operating a a pure touch you know tablet type device um but uh, nothing too exciting about it right now from my perspective what do you guys think from what's been uh, released online
2: it's a technical preview too early too early to in the game at the moment um it's a closed technical preview so it's invite only so oh oh yeah i think you're 100% right i think it's way too early in the game to know anything about it to see what's going on some of the screenshots look into, into interesting the integration looks interesting but yeah until we get a public beta we'll get a feel for actually really how it looks that's when I'll start to either sort of ramp up my excitement value, if there's any there. All right. Skip shaking his head, nodding it. He's just, he's just.
1: I yeah. have, I have no comment on the software that may or may not be, in terms of what yeah. it could or could not be.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Skip. Now, um, New Zealand's TV ecosystem.
2: Right. This is my rant coming. I'm warming up now. <laughs> <Sorry>. So, so. <laughs> I was having a think about this over the weekend and one of the things, and I wanted to talk with you guys about this, was I found out we're the second to last country in the world that still has a closed electronic program guide. So we're about to go digital, so most people that are listening to this now should have some form of free view or sky, and that guide is when you hit the guide menu you can see all the programs for the next 7 to 14 days, that's what's called an EPG. Now, Sky, for instance, for some reason, don't allow you to use it on media center devices, whether it's Microsoft, Linux, even Apple-based devices at this point in time. You can't look at their TV guide and then buy their service legit, but they won't let you do it. And Sky TV's been out in the media quite a bit recently saying how they're the most uh, open provider in the market and they're opening up all this stuff. And I just thought, what a crock of
0: jelly beans.
2: Hey, yeah and i just i just, i'm frustrated with the organization because they don't seem to realize that things like multi room people don't want to tape it up. it's too expensive why do they they allow people to do what other countries are doing which is where you can use extenders throughout the house and i will consume more of their service i'll actually buy more of their products whereas at the moment you know, you're looking for ways of using internet TV to get a, to, to, to get away from them because I can look up 14 days ahead and scr- um, do my uh, my my programming. They don't integrate with any of the technology. It's a very closed platform.
0: Yeah, it it is frustrating. I mean, I've moved to the point where I've closed down my Sky account, and yeah, exactly. you know, I've got a media center that distributes all of my content around the house from um, you know free to air. Type content news and all of those things there that's recorded i can sit down anytime and watch the uh watch the news and skip past ads and all those sorts of things and if i want movies and uh, tv programs and so on netflix and and you know the other things which we've discussed on the show many times um provides me much more content and in a much easier uh way to access you know once it's set up than uh than i ever had on my sky subscription even with uh you know multiple decoders in different rooms. The decoders didn't talk to each other, so you record something in one room, it wasn't in the other room. Uh, You know, what I've got now is streets ahead of that, and it's a fraction of the price.
2: So another thing, I pay for Sky. So I'm paying for a service. Why do I get ads? I'm not paying to get ads. I'm paying to get the shows to not have ads because it's a, a paid service. I don't mind having ads on free channels, because that's how they make their money but when you're paying for something why do I get ads can anyone answer that one for me
0: you're not going to get a good answer no, on that not, one because we're, 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 not, we're not here to stand
2: up for uh, uh, it, um, do you see my point for, it's like it's a paid subscription and I'm getting ads I'm like
1: you guys are double dipping here
0: yeah, I guess I think I, I think it's common around the world. So it's not that's not something that's unique to New Zealand. At, at the end of
1: the day, no. you've got to find revenue for what you're doing, and the the sheer quantity of programming that they get in a sky to their defence can't be cheap. So they're yeah. buying Australian programs everywhere. It's yeah, but the companies, <laughs> companies overseas will cut, take a cut wherever they can, you know. Mm. So even though you're buying it through sort of an an, an agreement with Australian channels like Fox, Sound perhaps I don't know how it works, but maybe they have got an arrangement. The companies in the states going to go, yeah, you know what? That's still four million people potential, so we'll take a slice of that pie as well. Thank
0: you. Mm. I mean, there's nothing too unique about that that particular aspect, Driving as far nuts. as I'm aware, but. Yeah, it does drive you nuts. And that's where things like Netflix and so on are, are just awesome. And I sat down and watched last night. I watched um, a program that I found on Netflix that I highly recommend called White Collar. Uh, very, very cool. I'm uh, well through, I think, the second um, uh, season of it. And it hey, Wait, was wait to, a minute, wait a minute. You discovered it last night and you're already through the second no, season. No, Did no, you no, sleep at all? No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't discover it last night. I was watching it last night. Um but I watched an episode and I really enjoyed it. There were no ads at all. And at the end, when the credits started to roll, um, what it does on the Xbox is it minimizes it into a sort of a smaller screen, and so it doesn't you know force you to sort of watch through the um, you know all the credits. And it takes you and you can go straight then into the next episode. And without um, you know taking up too much time because all the ads were gone, and everything and it slid together. I got through three episodes. Um, and it was just great i really really enjoyed it um i would there's there's no other way that i could have done that with any any other sort of medium Uh, being able to watch this content online and and bypass the likes of sky is uh is phenomenal now just a quick um mention again for those who don't know how to do this we do have a page up on the nztechpodcast.com website um that talks all about how to get your netflix up and running so have a look there under the blog section if you're a Wondering what it is that um, that we're all chatting about. Sorry, back to you, Skip. Yeah, I was going to interject about advertising. You notice the adverts have increased
1: a lot for YouTube, right? You we're getting a lot more ab- yep. adverts there. Have you actually watched some of those adverts? Have you actually been caught to, to sit there and go, actually, I'll watch this advert? Absolutely not. Interesting. I have. and, You're a um, sad. Yeah, man. I know. I know. But the thing I was looking at is, why do I connect to those adverts? And some of them are very cleverly done. You know, you've got to capture someone within the first few seconds of an advert to hook them and so if the advert's done properly i'm there I'll, i'm you know what is this i want to see what it is okay i've got 15 seconds fine that's just 15 seconds you know i'll watch it and i reckon that's part of the challenge for advertisers is to actually create ads that make me not want to fast forward
0: yeah, i agree i've i've been known to um to watch ads as well, when it, when you know clearly with the technology we've got, you don't have to. Um, <laughs> Brad but, thinks
1: we're crazy, but they've it's probably good, got pictures of right. iPad screens. Guys. It, it does it's have seriously. to.
0: It does have to engage you really quickly. I think it's good from a creative perspective. It's it's getting agencies and creatives really thinking about um, how to how to make content actually useful and interesting to people rather than just shoving rubbish down your throat because because you're watching you know a broadcast uh, you know TV that you can't. Fast forward past where you know Times have changed So it does have to be Really good And it doesn't have to be Expensive It can be just viral I mean I watched Okay this is bizarre Viral can be very expensive
1: I watched 15 minutes
2: Viral can be vile too
1: Yeah it can be 15 <laughs> minutes Of Skittles ads The other night <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay we're, 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 Right we're, I'm about we're, to go We're yeah. going to get you Committed I think Skip Can somebody please Call the uh, psychiatrist ads. But
1: <laughs> these These weren't official ones They're done by a, a fan And I just looked at these things And I thought These are really funny and great, and this this guy actually, you know, Skittles are saying, you know, maybe we can get you to do some adverts on this now. It's kind of like, you know, what this guy spent all of, I don't know, a couple of hundred bucks on a camera, on a tripod, and did these video clips, and he created a character that was funny and enjoyable to watch, and it's like. He should start a podcast well he, he does he's got one but i mean that's the sort of thing is that we often think you know if we want to create a viral video that's really popular it's got to be huge and massive and costs lots of money well no it doesn't it just has to be funny or imaginative and capture people's imaginations those advertising companies need to pull thumb brad's shaking his head thinking that advertising companies shouldn't be allowed to do anything
2: oh, no, i know i disagree <laughs> i think they should be allowed to wear they're in a situation they're in the, when they're paid, so newspapers, radio, or free view television, because you're paying for the service. That's how they subsidise the service, not when you're paying to have paid television.
0: All right. Well, okay, rant over. Now, while we're, while we're on rants, I've, I've got to share about some of my experiences in Samoa. I arrived in Samoa... Oh, was it uh, Friday last week? So, yeah, 10, 12 days ago. And um, one of the things that I learned before I got there was that my telco, which is Vodafone, does not provide any data roaming options in summer. which I thought was rather strange because when I researched it, I found that both Two Degrees and Telecom do. Can you guys think of any reasons why... Uh, why Vodafone wouldn't have such an agreement set up.
1: Isn't Telecom New Zealand a s owner of
0: Samoan Telco or something like that? Yeah. Uh n- I don't know. I mean, not, maybe not, not. that I'm aware of now. I don't think that's summer. If it is, there are no, there are multiple there are multiple right. carriers there anyway, so they could have a deal with whoever they wanted.
1: Maybe this the cost alone. <laughs> maybe it's a thousand dollars per megabyte. <laughs> It's but they but they've got for. stand.
0: They've got standard rates, and the other telcos are charging standard rates. So it, it just seems strange to me. Now, um, yeah, I tweeted about this, and you know didn't didn't get any detailed explanation back from because uh, no um, one could get your tweet because there was nothing working. From no, this was before I went. Oh, um, but but yeah, I did. You know, I did point it out, and yeah, that the only thing that they can you know recommend that somebody told me was. Um, get a local sim card there which i mean in my case actually this wasn't such a bad thing because i actually wanted to chill out and have a week away from the internet and uh emails and and so on um so i didn't do that until um less than 24 hours before i left i thought well i should try this out and the reason that i was so interested to try out one of their local sim cards is because there was advertising everywhere, big billboards advertising the 4G service from Blue Sky. I thought, wow, they've got 4G in Samoa ahead of us in New Zealand. That's phenomenal. And before I left on the Friday, there was a, um, there was a launch from uh, Digicel, which is the other provider, of their 4G service. So you've got these two carriers that are bleeding about their amazing, super-fast uh, 4G service.
2: Sorry, I just did a quick search. Um, the reason that the, you don't have the Vodafone thing is Vodafone signed an agreement with the two of the key providers. It ran out at the start of 2011. They only did a three-year agreement, and it finished on January the 1st, 2011. But they
0: still have a roaming service for for calls. It's, yeah, they do, but the, for the, data that yeah, for the, that,
2: that's the agreement that ran out. So I'm just, I just put just a quick search, and that's why they had they signed a three year data agreement for with Vodafone
1: and Digisal, and there was two other providers. Yeah, apparently when you
0: get to the end of agreement, you sign another agreement. No, so no, no, don't. It, it, they didn't do
1: it. Don't worry about that because no one ever uses data in Samoa. <laughs> no, but that's why. That, that, I know I, I'm, I agree with you, but that's I mean, why. It's, like it's if crazy. You, if
0: you if your um your lease runs out on your building. You sign a new lease or something so that you can stay there and not end up on the street. Sounds, and put, sounds logical to me. <laughs> they've put their uh, they've put their users out on the street as far as um, you know. Vodafone have put their users out on the street as far as yep. uh, data roaming and and uh, some way. anyway. So two four G networks, both vying for uh, for attention. It was all over the the newspaper there and the various bits and pieces of uh, of media. So I got one of these SIM cards to try it, and I tried it in two different phones. I could not even get a three G connection. Um, out on on the two phones that I that I tried, um, but I was getting an edge connection, which is actually in the scheme of um, uh, some uh, isn't too bad because you're talking about two hundred and fifty um, uh, kilobits per second, and the, the um the speed that I was told by Digicel was their peak speed was one megabit was what their four G service was going to deliver, which. If anyone understa- understands what three G delivers, it should deliver five or ten times that, and four G should deliver you know many more times that again. So what I found out was their four G service is not a real four G service; it's equivalent of a three G service in New Zealand, and all of their other bits and pieces mean that it's much slower even than a traditional three G service in New Zealand. So um, the whole thing was was just a little bit of a, a joke, uh, very similar to the U.S. marketing where they they call f- um, the higher levels of 3G um, service 4G. And in fact, I've got you know my my phone here from the U.S. when I'm using it in New Zealand comes up and says I'm running 4G here in New Zealand. Wow, um, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So my phone's better than yours. Um, not. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so a bit of a rant. It was it was yeah, strange internet happenings there in uh, Samoa. The particular place we were staying on the beach only had uh, dial-up internet. Um, yeah, and they were they were a little bit frustrated with that. But um, yeah, certainly some challenges there if you if you want to do uh, online business in Samoa at the moment. I think if you're looking for real four G
1: data networks, look for the phrase LTE. Good point. That's that's if, that's if they're not yep.
0: talking LTE, they're not talking 4G. There was WiMAX, but that's uh, that was the other competitor to LTE. But that's uh, you know generally around the world um, it's not being deployed not, no. anymore, or even being ripped out in some cases, as we're seeing in the US, where they're ripping out the old Wipe or the the semi old uh, WiMAX networks and replacing them with the LTE. And so, um, and that's what we should expect. Well, we will expect to come through into New Zealand over the next um, twelve to twenty four. Uh, Uh, months will be um, LTE at at some point
2: just a quick word on LTE if you are buying parallel imported um, iPad Gen 3 for argument let's call them that. the LTE part won't work obviously over here and it does have an extra drain on the battery life so just keep your expectations sort of if you are buying iPads just be careful when you're buying them from overseas as well
0: um, and the other flip side of LTE to be aware of is, you know, at the moment with 3G and, and even 2G phones, we're used to the different bands in different countries. Yep. LTE is going to make that much more complex because there are a lot more uh, bands, and they're not necessarily going to be compatible from one country to another. Hopefully, they'll sort that out with chipsets that that, that support a whole range of of the different uh, LTE frequencies. But uh, anything that's LTE based at this stage, bought in one country, may well not work in another. And if you're wondering
1: why we're switching to digital TV, LTE is the reason. They're clearing the frequency spectrums more enough yeah. so we can actually start having these much wider bandwidth networks. So, you know, it's
0: the cost of living in the modern society. Yep. Good, good. Now, coming towards a close, there's um, a product that some people have been talking about that they've labelled the Xbox 720 and a whole bunch of people were basically saying this is going to be announced this year, maybe at the E3 gaming conference in the US. But the real story is that it's not. And the real story is that Sony are not announcing a new PlayStation at E3 either. Um, The new console that we can expect this year is just going to be the uh, Nintendo Wii U, right?
2: Correct, which is a naming just disaster in my eyes. Seriously, are we you?
0: Well, we'll see. That's not too far off, is it? And um, we have heard from the Nintendo guys locally, um, who, you know, of course, last year gave us the first sort of hands on uh, with their, uh, their their 3D. Um,
1: yeah, the 3DS, Nintendo 3DS.
0: 3DS, yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, we imagine we'll be getting a hands on the uh, Nintendo Wii U. Um, before release and uh be able to uh, let everyone know what uh, what that's all about. But it's good to see, you know, more competition in this space. We've got, you know, I guess um you know, a lot happening in the gaming space and I don't think it's too much of a surprise that um we're not seeing a new Xbox this year. What do you guys think? No, no surprise on the
1: Xbox and no surprise on the Playstation three. Uh, Sony have just released the Vita, of course, so they're going to be working on that one a bit longer. I think next year will be the year we start hearing more solid rumours about console upgrades. But, I mean, what, the Xbox 360s 2005? was it the... 2006 that it came out? Five, and, Yeah, towards the end of five. Yeah, so it's been around for a lot longer, but um, there's been subtle hardware upgrade changes through the different models mm. that have come out.
0: And it's changed a lot from a software perspective. I mean, what was originally a gaming device is now really an entertainment oh, yeah. device yep. that, you know... Um, I mean, in, in our lounge, basically, you turn on your TV and you turn on the Xbox. It yep. doesn't matter what you want to do, because we watch TV through the Xbox... We watch uh, movies and other content um, you know, via Netflix and, and other providers um, through the Xbox and the odd bit of gaming. But actually gaming is, is the last thing that we actually use the Xbox for in, in most cases. So we've got one attached to every TV. Um, I think that's sort of the yep. trend that we're, we're probably likely to see going forward is that these consoles are, um, are going to become more mainstream rather than just gamers having them right. Yeah, that's that's a fair call. That's a fair call. And they're pretty cheap now.
1: I mean, honestly, you can pick up an Xbox three hundred sixty for what, four hundred odd dollars. Um,
0: it's really cheap. Or even well, lower at Chris Christmas, we, we saw them down to about a hundred hundred and seventy, I think, was the lowest oh, price that we saw an Xbox right. uh hit for certainly under the under the yeah. two hundred dollar mark and uh it was three fifty that um you know, I picked up like the, the highest end model available um with with the um Connect. Connect camera and whatnot. sorry Paul so, was just doing a
2: gesture yeah. connect thing so obviously it doesn't work through the, the air thing yeah, but right. it was quite yeah. funny watching him do the connect gestures then <laughs> right.
0: sorry hey, look, there always it has to be great. something every episode for you guys to make fun of me uh, oh, with. No, and, uh, and you caught me on that that was, that was, that a really, was brilliant um, <laughs> alright well I think that's, uh, that's probably us for this episode so um, hey thanks everyone for listening in uh, we've enjoyed it. Hope you, uh, you guys enjoyed listening in too. Um, we'll be back again uh, in some form uh, next week, no doubt. Um, where are we? Uh, online, nztechpodcast.com, twitter.com slash nztechpodcast, and you'll also find us at facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. Do feel free to drop us messages during the week, either via the Facebook page, uh, via Twitter, Or you can email us too, uh, which is team at nztechpodcast.com. We do really enjoy getting your feedback and and comments and suggestions and things that we could have done better or topics you'd like us to to talk about more or or less. Um, Feel free to keep that stuff coming through. We really appreciate it. Um, Thanks, everyone. Catch you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.